Do you have trouble seeing up close or far away? How about at night? I know I do. Go check out Design for Vision and Sunglass Central. They are the premier eye care center for all eyeglasses, sunglasses, and contact lenses in southeastern PA. Whether it is the quality eyeglasses, sunglasses, or contacts that you're looking for, their styles represent the latest in fashionable but affordable eyewear. Not only do they offer a wide selection of non-prescription brands, but they offer prescription lenses fabrication. Whether it's in-store or online, they carry all major brands such as Oakley, Dolce & Gabbana, Coach, Michael Kors, Ray-Ban, Maui Jim, Wiley X, and many more. With over 50 years of experience, Design for Vision and Sunglass Central are the best in fabrication, selection, and fitting of designer and specialty glasses. Design for Vision has convenient locations in Morrisville, Levittown, New Hope, Newtown, and Jameson. Sunglass Central can be found at the New Hope, Newtown, and Jameson locations. That's designforvision.com and sunglasscentral.net. This is Chet with Flow Racing. You're listening to the Four Wide Salute Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Four Wide Salute Podcast presented by Line Decker Racing Engines. Head on over to Facebook, pop in J Line Decker Racing Engines and go see what Jason's got going on. I know it's been two weeks since our last episode. A lot has happened. A lot of good things have taken place. But I do feel as if I owe all of you an apology in making you guys quiver over the last eight days since you've last expected an episode. Let's see what we got in store. On to our breaking news items. First and foremost, Short Track Super Series South Region 60 over event at Bridgeport Motorsports Park has been rescheduled for September 24th, which is the day after the Danny Serrano 100 also at Bridgeport Motorsports Park. Let's hope that Car counts are a plenty for both days. The 2024 XR Super Series late model schedule has come out. So far, we're looking at February 24th will be the ultimate opener in Elkin, North Carolina. April 26th, the Spring Fall 100 Volunteer Speedway, Bulls Gap, Tennessee. May 19th is TBA at this point. July 13th, the Kokomo All-Star Race. Kokomo Speedway, of course, in Indiana. August 31st, the Yankee Dirt Track Classic 300 Raceway in Iowa. And October 26th, Mason-Dixon 100, Pennsboro Speedway in West Virginia. Yes, the rebirthing of Pennsboro Speedway. On to some additional information here that has come up in the last few weeks. Longhorn Chassis has named their new house car driver for next year. You guys remember they decided to part ways with Tim McCready and Paler Motorsports. Well, former Rocket House car driver Brandon Shepard will now be calling Longhorn home for the foreseeable future. Very interesting. So in a matter of 
three years, because this year we're going to say Bishop's in limbo with the Shepard Riggs racing deal. The year before, Rocket House Car, and now next year, Longhorn House Car. Very interesting. Sprint car driver Cameron Smith took to social media last week to announce that he has stepped away from the John Trone number 39 sprint car as of last week. Also goes on to make a statement that in order to succeed and accomplish the things that he wants to, this was the right move. Following that announcement, another one came up from Ritter Racing that the team and Jason Schultz have parted ways as well. And a few short days later, Ritter Racing made a post stating that Brent Marks will run a one-off show with the team at the 360 National Open at Sealands Grove Speedway. That is this upcoming Sunday. And in more merry-go-round sprint car news, Justin Henderson will hop in the famous Kreitz Racing 69K for a few shows starting with the October 14th Weldon Sterner Memorial at Lincoln Speedway. The team will then head down to the World Finals with Justin aboard, and they will wrap up the season at BAPS Motor Speedway on November 11th. So for those of you keeping score at home, we have Logan Wagner still in the car yet at Port Royal Speedway, because there still are the Outlaw show is still coming up. They're also running Darren Pittman at the Williams Grove events, including the Natty Open, and now Justin Henderson. Yes, you must be well-educated or clinically insane to be able to keep track of all of the changes that have happened in the middle of the season. It's, it's insane. On to our results. We're going to go back two weeks ago today. Two weeks Short Track Super Series, South Region, Blast at the Beach, Georgetown Speedway, of course, in Delaware. Modifieds running 35 laps for 6,000 to win. 602 Crate Sportsman competing for 1,500 to win. Modified Action, Stuart Friesen, your winner over Ryan Godown, Matt Shepard, Ryan Krachen, and Brandon Grosso running out the top five. 602 Crate Sportsman feature win going to Dylan Madsen. On to that Thursday, Skagit Nationals, World of Outlaw Sprints, Skagit Speedway in Washington. Sheldon Haldenshield, your winner over Brad Sweet, Geo Selzy, Tanner Holmes, and Spencer Baston rounded out the top five. On to that Friday, back at Skagit Nationals for night number two with the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars. Rico Abreu, your winner over Sheldon Haldenshield, Corey Day, Donnie Schatz, and David Gravel were your top five. All-Star Circuit of Champions, Attica Ambush, Attica Raceway Park in Ohio, 6,000 to win. Kerry Madsen picking up the victory over Tyler Courtney, Kyle Reinhardt, Zeb Wise, and Craig Mintz were the top five. Lucas Oil ASCS, Arrowhead Speedway in Oklahoma. Landon Britt picking up his first ASCS feature win over Jason Martin, Sean McClelland, Alex Sewell, and Howard Moore were your top five. Extreme Outlaw Midgets kicking off a two-day stint at Paragon Speedway in Indiana, 4,000 to win. 
Zach Dom picking up the victory over Gavin Miller, Hayden Reinbold, Chase McDermott, and Taylor Reimer. World of Outlaw Late Models Milton Hershey School Back to Class Showdown. Love that name. Mississippi Thunder Speedway in Wisconsin, 20,000 to win. Brandon Shepard, your winner over Bobby Pierce, Ryan Gustin, Kyle Bronson, and Chris Smokey Madden rounding out the top five. That takes us into our local action. Big Diamond Speedway Championship Night. Modified victory going to Nick Roshinsky. And Brett Cressley was crowned champion. 602 Great Sportsman win going to Kevin Olenek. Jordan Henn was named champion. Roadrunners, Chris Nye, your winner. Chuck Fayish buttoned up that championship as well. And 602 Crate Sportsman rookie action, Danica Getz picking up her first ever win at Big Diamond Speedway. And I do touch on this with the episode as we get into it with Kenny Bruce and the recap, but three drivers coming out for the 602 Crate Sportsman rookie division that night happened to all three be females. No, this is not a Powder Puff Races. It's a regularly scheduled program. They just so happen to be the only three there. Danica Getz ran all season, as well as Mackenzie Smith. And first-time driver, Brittany Egger, who will listen to this episode and should have been in the tower working, but it's okay. We let her go out and play. But uh, put on a great show for three cars. I mean, the victory lane with all three women down there was just something special. And I'm glad that all three got to enjoy that moment. That, who knows, may happen again, may not ever happen again. On to Albany Saratoga Speedway, modified victory to Mark Johnson as Demetrius Drellos was named champion. 602 Crate Sportsman victory to Tim Hartman Jr. And Andrew Buff snuck out the championship. Outlaw Speedway, modified victory to Jeff Dougherty and Corey Costa was named champion. 602 Crate Sportsman, Dale Welty picking up the win. AJ Lloyd was named the Hoosier champion and Chris Fisher, the American Racer Champion. Utica Rome Speedway modified victory to Matt Shepard and 602 Crate Sportsman victory to Matt Janzik. No surprises there. Can-Am Speedway Dirt Car 358 modified action. Tim Fuller, your winner. Tim Fuller, your champion. Dirt Car Sportsman action. Ryan Shanahan picking up the victory. Tyler Corcoran was named champion. Bruden Speedway, Dirt Car Modifieds, Lightning Larry White in Victory Lane, and Timmer, Tim Sears Jr., was named champion. Dirt Car Sportsman Action, Richard Murtaugh was your winner, and Zach Sabaka, your champion. Lucas Oil ESS also in the house. Pauli Cola Giovanni picking up the win over Jordan Thomas and Danny Varon were your podium. Penn Can Speedway, Modified Victory to Kevin Hartnett. And 602 Crate Sportsman victory to Colin Shane. Ransomville Speedway modified victory to Eric Rudolph and Matt Williamson named champion. 602 Crate Sportsman, Cody McPherson your winner and Derek Wagner named champion. Accord Speedway, two features for the modifieds. Danny Tyler sweeping both. 602 Crate Sportsman in action as well. Hunter Lap your winner. Williams Grove Speedway, $7,100 to win. Brent Marks picking up the victory. 
And in 358 action, Jaden Wolf was your winner. On to Saturday, Super Dirt Car Series, Mr. Dirt Track USA, Lebanon Valley Speedway in New York. Andy Bacchetti picking up the win over Matt Shepard, J.R. Hefner, Adam Pearson, and Eddie Marshall were your top five. World of Outlaws Sprint, Skagit Nationals Finale, Skagit Speedway in Washington. Brad Sweet picking up the victory over Corey Day, James McFadden, Buddy Kofoid, and David Gravel. All-Star Circuit of Champions, Attica Ambush, night number two. Attica Raceway Park in Ohio, 12,000 to win. Zeb Wise picking up the victory over Tyler Courtney, Kerry Madsen, Kyle Reinhardt, and Chris Windham were your top five. Lucas Oil ASCS Labor Day Classic Longdale Speedway in Oklahoma, 5,000 to win. Jason Martin, your winner over Matt Covington, Danny Wood, Brandon Anderson, and Landon Britt. USAC Silver Crown, Ted Horn, 100. DuCoin State Fairgrounds in Illinois, 10,000 to win. Justin Grant picking up the victory over CJ Leary, Cody Swanson, Shane Cockrum, and Logan CV rounded out the top five. Extreme Outlaw Midgets, Paragon Speedway, night number two, 5,000 to win. Jade Avedesian picking up the victory over Ryan Timms, Zach Dom, Cannon McIntosh, and Chase McDermott. Roll about all late models, Labor Day Duel, Deer Creek Speedway in Minnesota, 20,000 to win. Bobby Pierce, your winner over Brandon Shepard, Dustin Sorensen, Kyle Bronson, and Ryan Gustin were your top five. Lucas Oil Late Models, River Days Rumble presented by Pepsi, Portsmouth Raceway Park in Ohio, 15,000 to win. Ricky Thornton Jr. picking up the victory over Devin Moran, Dalton Wilson, Brandon Overton, and Hudson O'Neill. On to local action, one weekend ago at Grandview Speedway, modified victory to Timmy Buckwalder. First modified win of the year, I can't believe it. Sportsman action saw Brian Herthler picking up the win. New Egypt Speedway modified victory to Ryan Godown, as he was also named champion. Bridgeport Motorsports Park modified victory to H.J. Bunning and 602 Crate Sportsman victory to Brian Papiez. Woodhall Raceway modified makeup feature went to Joe Jin after A.J. Potrabowski Sr. failed to report to post-race tech. Fascinating. And A.J. Potrabowski Jr. won the regularly scheduled feature. 602 Create Sportsman Victory, the makeup feature going to Tim Guild, and the regular feature went to Kenny Peoples Jr. Land of Legends Raceway, modified victory to Danny Johnson. 602 Create Sportsman winner was Greenlee George. I love the name, Greenlee George. Zach Sabaka, named champion. Bolton Speedway, dirt car modified action, Chris Mackey, your winner. And Dirt Car Sportsman, Zach Buff, your winner. And Lucas Oil ESS, Jason Barney picking up the win over Danny Varon and Sean Donath. Afton Motorsports Park, modified win going to Alan Barker. And Brett Tonkin was named champion. 602 Crate Sportsman win to Bill Davey Jr. And Todd Titus was named champion. Lincoln Speedway. Kickoff to the Classic, 10,000 to win. 
410 victory to Freddie Raymer, and 358 victory to Jaden Wolf. Port Royal Speedway, 410 victory to Devin Borden, Super Late Model victory to Greg Satterley, and Limited Late Model victory to Devin Hart. On to last Sunday, Short Track Super Series Elite, New Yorker 50, Utica Rome Speedway, 12,000 to win, no surprise here. Matt Shepard, your winner over Billy Decker, Rocky Warner, Andy Bacchetti, and Jimmy Phelps. USAC Midgets, Firemen's Nationals, Angel Park Speedway in Wisconsin, 5,000 to win. Ryan Timms, your winner over Gavin Miller, Jade Avedizian, Logan Seavey, and Daniel Whitley. Lucas Oil Elite Models, 55th Annual Hillbilly 100, Tyler County Speedway in West Virginia, 30,000 to win. Jonathan Davenport back in victory lane, getting it done over Dalton Wilson, Brandon Overton, Ricky Thornton Jr., and Hudson O'Neill rounded out the top five. Eldora Speedway, 15th annual Earl Baltus Classic, 5,000 to win for the Super Late Models. Ricky Weiss, your winner. Thunder Mountain Speedway, modified victory to Jimmy Zacharias, and Dirt Car Sportsman victory to Randy Brokaw. Lincoln Speedway, the Dirt Classic 10, 20,000 to win. Brent Marks, your winner over Danny Dietrich and Troy Wagaman Jr. Sealands Grove Speedway, 4-10 victory to Brian Brown. Super late model victory to Rick Eckert. Limited late model victory to Colby Fry. And Devil's Bowl Speedway up in Vermont running a 10,000 to win 602 Crate Sportsman event in which Matt Janzik was your winner. Oh, one last thing. Oh, the Coal Cracker, duh. Big Diamond Speedway, of course, running our annual Coal Cracker event. It's the finale of the year. I can't believe the damn season's over. I feel like it just started. I don't know where it went. So let's kick off with the modifieds. And again, we're going to go into grave detail about this on this week's episode with our good friend Kenny Bruce from Dirt Track Digest. Loudon Reimer, start on the pole. Deep field, very heavy hitters in this field. A lot of good cars, a lot of great drivers, a lot of winners, a lot of champions in this field. Loudon did what he had to do. He led all but one lap, which happened to be lap 16, sponsored by his car owner. That was great. Um, But he prevailed. The streak is still alive. Since I've worked at Big Diamond, there has not been a repeat coal cracker winner. And I've been there seven years now. Seven. And no one's repeated. Let's see if it continues next year. 602 Great Sportsman Action could not have seen a better story of what may be the end of a 602 Great Sportsman career. Brandon Edgar, all the runner-ups, all the things that have gotten in his way of succeeding with this Cole Cracker victory or even a championship in other years, was able to draw really well, did what he had to do as well, and held off a very hard-charging Kyle Kenya and Joe Toth right behind him and in roadrunner action chuck fayish your champion rose to the top was able to pick up that victory on coal cracker night again more details coming at you in this week's episode a little bit later on on to labor day itself last monday world of outlaw sprints grays harbor raceway in washington ten thousand to win logan Schuhart, your winner over rico abreu donnie Schatz, brad sweet 
and Corey Day. USAC Midgets, Firemen's Nationals, night number two, Angel Park Speedway once again in Wisconsin, 5,000 to win. Logan Seavey, your winner over Jade Avedisian, Justin Grant, Zach Dahm, and Taylor Reimer. Port Royal Speedway, Labor Day Classic, 410's victory going to the mayor himself, Dylan Sisney. Fast forward to last Thursday. World of Outlaw Sprints, Gold Cup, Race of Champions, Silver Dollar Speedway in California, 10,000 to win. Kyle Larson, your winner over Shane Golubic, Corey Day, Logan Schuhart, and Brad Sweet. All-Star Circuit of Champions, Port Royal Speedway kicking off Tuscarora 50 weekend was rained out. USAC Sprints, Devil's Bowl Speedway in Texas, Brady Bacon, your winner, That win ties him for second all-time with Tom Bigelow on the all-time wins list. Jake Swanson, Kyle Cummins, Jaden Rogers, and Justin Grant rounded out the top five. On to Eldora Speedway, one of my favorite events of the year. World 100, twin 25s, 12,000 to win each. Group A went to Hudson O'Neill over Jason Jameson, Ricky Thornton Jr., Mike Marler, Shannon Babb, and Group B, Bobby Pierce, your winner over Brandon Shepard, Tim McCready, Jonathan Davenport, and Chris Madden. On to Friday, Gold Cup Race of Champions once again with the World of Outlaws Sprints, Silver Dollar Speedway in California, 10,000 to win once again. Note, they did split their fields, so who raced on Thursday did not compete on Friday and vice versa. Friday night's feature went to Buddy Kofoid over a hard-fought battle with Justin Sanders. That was one to watch. Dominic Selzy, Spencer Baston, and Rico Abreu rounded out the top five. All-Star Circuit of Champions the night before the 50 Port Royal Speedway. Once again, 10,000 to win. Tyler Courtney, your winner over Lance DeWeese, Zeb Wise, Logan Wagner, and Corey Eliason. In a super late model action, Trevor Feathers picking up the victory, and Rick Eckert was crowned champion. USAC Sprints, Texarkana 67 Speedway down in Texas, unfortunately was a rainout. Eldora Speedway, World 100 Twin 25s, night number two. Again, 12,000 to win both features. Group A went to Bobby Pierce over Chris Matt, Chris Ferguson, Devin Moran, Dalton Wilson, and Earl Pearson Jr. Group B, a last lap pass for Brian Shirley picking up the win over Ricky Thornton Jr., Chris Madden, Brandon Shepard, and Stormy Scott. Albany Saratoga was a rainout as well as Georgetown. Utica Rome Speedway, Jeremy Slosick picking up the modified victory, Matt Shepard crowned your champion. And 602 Crate Sportsman, Matt Janzik your champion as well. Can-Am Speedway, Dirt Car 358 Modifieds, victory to Tim Fuller, and Dirt Car Sportsman win to David Rogers. Penn Can, the champions were winning races at Penn Can on Friday night. Modified victory to Brett Tonkin, and Brett Tonkin was also named champion. 602 Create Sportsman win to Michael Shane, and he again was also named champion. Ransomville victory to Gary Lindbergh and 602 Create Sportsman victory to Cameron Tuttle. Accord Speedway, unfortunately, 
had a power outage and could not race on Friday. They ended their points. Modifieds champion going to uh, championship going to Corey Cormier and 602 Crate Sportsman Championship going to Hunter Lap. And Williams Grove Speedway was off. On to Saturday. World of Outlaw Sprints Gold Cup Race of Champions Silver Dollar Speedway. 25000 to win. Corey Day picking up the victory over Justin Sanders, Buddy Kofoy, Dominic Selzy, and Brad Sweet. Fun fact from the World of Outlaw Sprints for the three-day show. All three podiums were all California boys. And out of the top fives across three nights, only two drivers were not from California. Spencer Baston was one of them from Friday night. And on Thursday night, Logan Schuhart was the other one. 13 other positions filled by all California. All-Star Circuit of Champions, 55th Annual Tuscarora 50 Port Royal Speedway, 55,000 to win. Unfortunately, rained out after time trials. They are actively searching for a date to make this up. Now, I got to tell you, I know I've beaten this with a, with a stick so many times, but you people on social media drive me nuts. Oh, you should have never even tried to run. But they shouldn't have ran Friday either if you looked at the forecast, but they got the show in. Oh, you guys are great. Oh, I, amazing. But you, you're damn if you do, you're damn if you don't. Now, they're trying to figure out when they can fit this race in. We looked at the schedules on the way home from our trip, which we'll get into momentarily. The only feasible time I could see... Now, uh, logistically, I don't know if this is going to work for the track or the series or whatever. The day before the Nittany Showdown in October, it's a Thursday night. The points for the All-Stars end at the end of this month at Eldora. Do they run this as a non-points deal? Do they extend the points to that date for the All-Stars, I'm saying? Do they make it an open show and let the Outlaw guys run? Well, Outlaws can't because they have that cap of four days. They can only race, you know, 48 hours before or after an Outlaw show or whatever. That stupid rule. But I don't know what they do here. Do they hold it over till next year and kind of do what Eldora did and run it, you know, the Wednesday before next year's kicks off? and do it back to back. I don't know. And you have to think that the budget comes into play here too. Everywhere has a budget. And you're talking about holding over over $50,000 just for the winner, let alone the entire purse, which I'm going to say is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 to 90,000. That's a lot of money. So I I don't know what they do in this situation. I really don't. If it's me, I'm going to weigh on they don't make this up this year. That's what I'm guessing. I could be completely wrong. Now, again, if you were to run the day before the Nittany Showdown as an all-star show, would you really upset the Outlaws if you ran that bigger race the night before their two-day show for a little less to win? And then what happens if one of your stars, your local guys, Rex or whatever, and can't compete with the outlaws, that could be upsetting as well. There's a lot of scenarios that play in here. I'm guessing they aren't making this up this year. 
I could be wrong. More to come on that. USAC Sprints, Texarkana 67 Speedway in Texas, 10,000 to win. 17 years in the making, Matt Westfall back in victory lane with USAC. Picking up his win over CJ Leary, Chase Stockin, Justin Grant, and Mitchell Moles. Eldora Speedway, my new favorite place on the planet. Yes, that is going above Fenway Park or Gillette Stadium or the Boston Garden, which to most of you or some of you may know, I would live and die in those places. Eldora, what an establishment. I'll cover this in a little bit of length before we get into this week's episode. 53rd World 100, $56,000 to win. Hudson O'Neill picking up the victory after a two-lap shootout. Double file restart with two to go after Kyle Strickler runs out of fuel and brings out the yellow. Side-by-side against the best in the business, Jonathan Davenport, and holds him off. And before that, he had to catch him and pass him. And did it successfully. Davenport, your runner-up. Dale McDowell, Brian Shirley, and Tanner English were your top five. Side note, Dale McDowell, 27th to 3rd. And Tanner English, 25th to 5th. That's incredible. On to Grandview Speedway. Rained out. They did button up their points, however. Modified championship to Brett Cressley. The first person to win both Grandview and Diamond's point titles in the same year in a modified since Craig Von Dorn did it about seven years ago. And your sportsman championship also got locked up with good friend of the show, Logan Watt, picking up his first championship. Congratulations to both. Bridgeport Motorsports Park was a rainout. They ended their points championships as well. Modified point championship going to Jordan Watson and 602 Crate Sportsman Championship to Travis Hill. Orange County Fair Speedway, Dirt Car Big Blocks, Dylan Stoyer picking up the victory, and Anthony Perego, your champion. Dirt Car Small Blocks, Danny Creeden picking up the victory, Dylan Stoyer, your champion. And 602 Crate Sportsman, Jared Labaugh picking up the victory, Brian Crummel, your champion. Woodhall Raceway, also a rainout, also buttoned up their championship. Modified championship going to AJ Potrabowski Jr. and 602 Crate Sportsman Championship going to Kenny Peoples Jr., who I believe won every race with the exception of one. Very impressive. Lebanon Valley button up their championship on Saturday night. Dirt Car Big Blocks were already done. Andy Bichetti was that champion. Dirt Car Small Blocks. Andy Bichetti picks up the feature win. LJ Lombardo picks up the championship. And 602 Crate Sportsman, Whitey Slavin picks up the win. Tim Hartman Jr., the championship. After Motorsports Park, unfortunately, rained out. Lincoln Speedway also rained out. That brings us on to Sunday. Super Dirt Car Series, Cavalcade Weekend, Weed Sports Speedway in New York. 10,000 to win. They lost the entire weekend. Again, searching for a makeup date. Those are two weeks worth of results. On to our upcoming events. Short Track Super Series Elite Series, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Fonda 200 Weekend, Fonda Speedway, of course, in New York. 
capping off with Saturday night's 200 lap modified feature paying $53,000 to win. Matt Shepard does not win. I will be genuinely surprised. If he does, I will not be surprised one iota. World of Outlaw Sprints Friday, Tom Tarleton Classic Kings Speedway in California. Saturday, the 49er Gold Rush Classic Placerville Speedway, also in California. All-Star Circuit of Champions Friday and Saturday, Jim and Joanne Ford Classic Fremont Speedway in Ohio, capping off with Saturday night's 10,000 to win. Lucas Oil ASCS Tuesday, Clay County Ferris Speedway in Iowa, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Lucas Oil Speedway in Missouri, the McMillan Hockett Classic. USAC Sprints Saturday, Hobstock Hustler Tri-State Speedway, of course, Hobstock, Indiana, 20000 to win. Extreme Outlaw Midgets Friday, Extreme Outlaw Midgets Showdown at Jacksonville Speedway in Illinois, 4000 to win. And Saturday, they're at Highland Speedway in Illinois as well, 4000 to win. Lucas Oil Late Models Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Lucas Oil Late Model Nationals, Knoxville Raceway in Iowa, Castrol Flores Night in America, Tuesday night, two nights, Fairbury American Legion Speedway in Illinois, $23,023 to win. To recap our upcoming events, Short Jack Super Series Elite will be on Flow Racing, World of Outlaw Sprints on Dirt Vision, All-Stars, Flow Racing, Lucas Oil, ASCS, Racing Dirt, USAC Sprints, Flow, Extreme Outlaw Midgets, Dirt Vision, Lucas Oil Elite Models, Flow, Castrol Flow Race Night in America, hmm, I think Flow. And then we have the local event, Grandview Speedway, Friday and Saturday, kicking off Friday night with Freedom 38er for the Sportsman. I believe we are at $3,500 to win, it could be more. And Saturday, the Freedom 76er for the Modifieds, $30,065 to win. Those are your upcoming events. Those were your results. As always, thank you to all of our followers and subscribers. Like and share the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Smash the five-star rating button on all the podcast platforms. And a big thank you to Kenny Bruce and Bill Brown and company for the support. So, our trip to Eldora. What fun that was. That place is like no other. Now, I'm going to say that saying I've never been to Charlotte. I have never been to Knoxville. But that place is treated like Daytona. The way things are handled as far as your parking, as far as your ticket takers, as far as your concessions, the way they had merch set up. That place is a mecca. I've always enjoyed watching Eldora on television or on our streaming services, I should say. I live for the dream. I live for the World 100. Of, yes, of course, King's Royal's good. Four Crown's good. You know, other events, of course, are good. But late models there are just, they suck me in. They do. I, I don't know what to tell you. I think they're badass. We decided to make the trip out. Friday night, stopped in Columbus, stayed overnight at a beautiful Hampton Inn, by the way. Went down to Cincinnati, took my wife to Paycor Stadium where the Bengals play. She's a, a big Joey B fan, or Joey B and Jamar Chase fans, I should say. Now in love with the Bengals so much. 
Got to hook up with some merch and some photos. Awesome place. Place looks legit. Stop for some Skyline Chili. I know we went to the, the chain that you're not supposed to go to for chili, but the chili was banging. And they had Bengals souvenir cups. I couldn't tell her no. We had to. So we had to Eldora on a whim. You know, we weren't camping. We weren't there all three days. I had no idea how busy it was going to be. You know, we've been to events, of course, elsewhere that have been jam-packed. They've been, you know, tight. That place holds so many people. And it goes all the way from turn three, all the way around, down the front stretch, all the way through one and two. The only place you don't have fans are on the back stretch. It is just incredible to see in person. What you see on television does no justice. I think the track looks a lot wider on TV than it does in person. Just my, just my opinion. But, you know, the 50-50 deal, they're set up everywhere around the facility. There isn't just one place to go buy them, and it's not just two chicks selling them. They're everywhere. Um, the place is just insane. And then we lucked out. The person that had the tickets to the left of me did not show up. The person who had the tickets to the three spots in front of us did not show up. We had a little bit of a breathing room, if you would say. It was a little chilly for the first first full weekend of September, I guess you can say. But it was incredible. I want to go back already. The racing is just phenomenal. Uh, they're on top of their show, rolling out their heats on time. There's a little bit of downtime in between the B mains and the feature, but you got to give them guys time, prep the track accordingly. They had the the wave going forever. Then they got the wave with flashlights going as well. It was so fun to be a part of that. And then we only seen two drivers in the merch area the entire day, one of which was Scott Bloomquist signing autographs at his trailer. That's just Bloomer, not an active driver. The only active driver we happened to run into happened to be my wife's love of another life, Mr. Brandon Overton. Cool thing about Brandon, I seen him two weeks ago at Port Royal. We were working there, talked to him a little bit. He remembered that. Also got to meet Mr. Overton at West Virginia Motor Speedway last year when I asked him to film the quick video for my wife who could not be there. He remembered that as well and was, I'm going to say, happy that he got to finally meet the person that he filmed the video for and uh, made my wife take photos with him, which is so cool. She finally got to do that, and all was right in the world for her for the weekend. And then, um, you know, the cool thing, and I, I believe I touched on this on this week's episode, because, of course, Kenny and I talked about a little bit. You know, the funny part about it is I go to so many events around here where halfway people leave because they want to beat traffic. Ten to go, people start leaving. Five to go, people start leaving. You see it at baseball games, you see it at football games, you see it everywhere. Around here at racetracks, so it happens a lot, or at least it used to with me because of the company I was with. It was always beat the traffic. Went to a $100,000 win race at Middletown, and we had to leave on lap 140 and never got to see the last 60 laps, which was bullshit. But when you don't drive yourself, that's what you have to have happen. Eldora, I might have seen 10, 20 people start walking away with 10 to go. That was it. And there were thousands of people there. And everyone stayed. Everyone got to see the two-lap shootout for the win. And then 
Everyone left, and it wasn't an ignorant bum rush. Everyone just left. They all walked over to their campers or their cars. We had a great parking spot, and all things considered, and we were able to zoop, zoop, right out of there. Done. Made our way to our hotel in Columbus. What a great experience. I have nothing bad to say about Eldora. Nothing. I lie. I could say one bad thing. Can you run shows like that every weekend? That's that's what I have to complain about. We need more. We need more shows like that. Great, great facility. So that's that. On to this week's episode. As I already mentioned, Dirtrack Digest's own Kenny Bruce, also Big Diamond's uh, PR guy, joins the show this week as we touch on Cole Cracker Sunday, also the championship season, go over a couple of different things. And that's it. We button up this big season at Big Diamond. It's over. I'm sad. But that means 2024 season opener, not too far away. So hope you guys enjoy the show. We'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see what's ahead of us. But until next time, enjoy the show. Bill Brown and Company, located in Hamilton, New Jersey, has been in the printing and promotional products business since 1946. Owner and proud Dirt Track supporter Ken Bruce has been with the company since 1987 and continues to deliver the customer service that Bill Brown and Company has since the beginning. Kenny supports Dirt Track Racing through the sponsorship of the number 4M602 Crate Sportsman of Logan Watt and the number 11 Modified of Danny Heber and is also a very proud sponsor of this 4 Wide Salute podcast. You can reach Bill Brown and Company by phone at 609-586-1474 or by email at kbruce at billbrowninc.com. You can also check out all of Bill Brown's promotional products on their website at www.billbrowninc.com. On this week's episode of the Four Wide Slew podcast, made you guys wait an extra week for this one, but we have our good friend Kenny Bruce from Dirtag Digest, and we're going to cover all things Big Diamond in 2023. Kenny, of course, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. What do you think was the big highlight to our year in the coal hole, as they call it? Coal. Oh. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Uh, we had a couple of good features this year. You know, the one between Reimer and Howard was good. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Prego came in and beat everybody at the uh, Prelude. And then uh, Brett Presley getting his uh, first championship of his modified career. I thought that was pretty significant. Yeah, abs- absolutely. have to agree with all points there. Um, you know, Let's talk, touch on the prelude for one. I thought that was probably the best show we had all year. It's no secret. We we struggled a lot with getting that surface to where it was good all night. Um, but the prelude, it was getting good to where the top was there. Then the bottom came in. Then it was back and forth. Um, you know, watching the visitors of Alex Shankowski for one going 21st to 4th was incredible. And he didn't win the hard charger. 
All right, he he did win the hard charger. Loudon went 18th to second and didn't win the hard charger. That was incredible too. Um, and again, Prego is the one who when anytime he shows up, he draws like shit. Um, it, it, he'll tell you that he did not draw that bad that night. And whether he utilized the information he took home in July with the super dirt car, when whatever he applied to his visit in the prelude definitely rose to the top. And again, it's someone different. Yes. Anthony Prego has won a lot of things, picked up another championship at Orange County yesterday, but he is not someone that comes in there and wins every time he shows up. He's a big supporter. He definitely shows up multiple times a year, which is great, but he's not the guy that you're constantly seeing up front battling for that win. And I'm all about the variety. Variety is a spice of life for me. I love seeing the the different winners at times. Yeah, and uh, it is. That's that is the best part about racing is seeing different winners. Um you know, Anthony coming in, uh, he loves, he likes Big Diamond. He's told me that for, you know, a couple of years now. He really likes coming there. But like you said, he draws like shit. So he finally got a decent draw, and he made and he made the redraw, and that's the biggest key in any of the, you know, the big races we have at Diamonds. you got to make that redraw. If you don't, uh, you know, you're, you're, you have to drive so hard in the feature. You know, you can come up like Reimer did in the prelude, but it just gets to a point where you wear your equipment and your tires out. And, uh, you know, for Anthony to come in and take that win, that was big. Big for him, big for that team, because that team struggled with a big block program all year, and to get a nice $10,000 win was uh, really a big boost for him. Yeah, mo- most definitely it was it was huge. I think when you have someone like – and I look at this, the, the little things too, is you could see the genuine happiness in victory lane holding that big check. It's no secret. We know the guys who have done this a million times might not necessarily show the happiness that they actually do have. Um, but to see someone like that and then here we were a few weeks later and Cole Cracker Sunday rolls around and I think we had no knock on anyone that's won those races before. I think we had three winners who were just like relieved that they finally got the monkey off their back, finally picked up that win. Loudon, of course, has been so close all year. I think still is very underrated with his ability and that team's ability. Um, And then for Edgar not winning all year, of course, being reminded how many seconds he had. And then, it got dicey late in that one, too, as they were all over him and he still held on for that win. And then Chuck Fayish, I think, really a lot of the year. The first part was worrying about the 77 and Shoffstall, who picked up so many wins really quick. And then in the later part of the year, had to worry about Chris Nye catching him in points, who was really fast, too. So I think you just ended up with three scenarios of you could almost just feel the sigh coming from Victory Lane. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Chris Nye, he, uh, he, like you said, he came up at the end of the year because, you know, middle of the year when Shopstall stopped, you know, racing and he had his problems that um, it looked like Fish had it wrapped up and 
and I came on like gangbusters at the end of the year in the Roadrunner division. So, you know, kudos to him. But uh, the battle, uh, you know, Chuck and his nephew Andy put on in the Roadrunner, they must have battled side by side for 15 of the 20 laps. That was a pretty, pretty cool race. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and for that being, unfortunately, the first feature of the night before intermission may have got overlooked. I'm glad that everyone was there to witness that. And then you to have relatives racing like that and there's so much camaraderie between them. There's no bad blood. We know in motorsports, even though you're related, doesn't mean shit half the time. Those guys weren't going to rub each other. They weren't going to rough each other up. They weren't going to pull nasty moves or dirty slaughters or what have you. So to know that them two were going to race clean and hard was nice to know coming into the later stages of that race, that it wasn't going to become something dirty. So, um, you know, Loudon, I, I told you this story on uh, that night. I got to bring this up. So you go down and, Every year I go down and make sure I thank everyone on the front stretch before they fire their engines for coming, their support for the track all year if they're regulars, whatever the case is, bust some guy's stones a little bit. Billy Jr. knows that all too well. Busted his stones um, going through the Conti, but I get all the way up to the front row. Umbenhauer and I are buddies. Um, he's making me laugh. And then I turn around and Loudon is, I can see it pale-faced in the pole position, just pale. And... I'm like, yeah, right. He's like, I'm freaking out. He was really freaking out. It was like um, watching a guy try and like climb a rock wall that was like one reach from the top and like froze. And I was like, what do you mean you're freaking out? And he's like, I, I'd rather start 12th than start on the pole. I was like, well, do you want to start 12th? Because like, I'm sure that guy would mind having the pole. Um who was Sean Fitzpatrick, by the way. And I was like, um, what, you, what is going on? Like, Loudon's quiet at times. He can be vocal, which is fine, but he's not that kind of person that would just freak or, or panic like that. And I was like, what is happening right now? Like, you're about to take on the biggest stage here, taking the field with the green. Like, what do you mean you're freaking out? <laughs> so, you know, for... And maybe it's just a matter of firing the engine and just getting his repetitions underneath him with, you know, pace laps or, or whatever the case was. But that was like, oh, shit, what's about to happen out here? Like, is this guy going to go into turn one and forget how to drive a race car? Like, what is going on? Um, but, you know, like we said, just these guys accomplished something that they had not been able to and finally got those monkeys off their back. Yeah, that was a big win for that team. Like you said, he's been so close to a couple big wins, and he's so consistently fast. Um, just seems like they have problems. You know, two or three races a year, they'll have a problem, and that'll just, uh, you know, hurt him in the points situation. But, uh, yeah, he's been good down to Egypt all year, and uh, it was only a matter of time before he got a big signature win like that. Oh, and I don't think it's the last either, I think. No, absolutely not. And... For anyone that knows them, they don't come with and I'm just going to bring up, you know, we reference Wadi a lot in this situation, but his crew is big They're They've been together for quite some time, with the exception of a couple guys or, you know, Guler's got a good squad of people. Um, 
the, the teams you expect, you know, Howard brings his brothers and, and relatives in and they have a core group of guys that have been doing this for a long time. Loudon doesn't have a very big crew. A lot of it is Sean and Loudon himself. So I don't know if you write guys off that don't have the crew and all of that, but these guys work really hard in the shop and Loudon's smart when it comes to this stuff. Anyone that takes time to talk to him about these race cars, the whole left side pin hard bar thing. He talked to me a lot about that and brought up things that I was like, you got to repeat that. Uh, it was so detailed in what he was saying. Um, it's just a matter of being a student of the game himself. Edgar is the exact same way. And, you know, it seemed like if a lap car wasn't taking out Brandon while leading, what was going to get in his way? And just to roll into that, it's great to see that for someone who I believe is now going to be making the modified jump next year full time to be able to go out with a bang, per se. Yeah, it was really good to see Brendan get a win. Uh, he's a good, really good kid. He's a good family. Uh, you know, they support the track and he, he's a family guy. As you say, he's missed a couple races this year due to family commitments, and there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, he's still got fifth in points. But, uh, yeah, he's been so close all year, you know, and after winning, what, three or four last year, he was so close this year that he uh, just couldn't get it. Like you say, I used to tease him, you know, second again, second again. But uh, he to, for him to get that win was big for him to end the season like that. And especially now that, you know, he's going to move up into modifies next year, a big diamond, which, you know, we're glad to see that happen. He's definitely – definitely capable of doing it. So uh, to see him get the win and I teased him after the races, he's pretty set up. That's why. <laughs> so, yeah, but, uh, he's, um, he's cool. I, I think I figured this out with him where the last three seasons, it's been someone else's year on Cole Cracker Sunday. So 2020, we'll call it the year of Brad Brightbill at a diamond where he managed to win pretty much all the big races and Brandon didn't have that, that, that in him to, to beat Brad in 2020, 2021 saw the return of Doug Hendricks back to the open sportsman. And that was Doug's time. You know, it it just, it held Brandon again down from rising to the top um, that year. And then last year, you know, it was Logan's time. So it was like, when is it finally going to happen that Brandon can finally just overcome that? And it was nice to see that it wasn't one of these situations where he's going to make the jump without having that moment, you know, and rightfully deserved. So um, you bring up Brittany. And I think if we talk about moments at Diamond this year that are absolutely memorable, um, Big nights. And I'll preface this by saying this was a rookie class. This was not a powder puff event. These are three women that own their own racing suits, own their helmets, own their shoes, have taken many, many laps behind race cars, whether it be a a 602 crate or in Britney's case, a 270 or a uh, another class, a 600 per, you know, or whatever the case is. These women were out there competing in a regularly scheduled event. It just so happened to be they were the only three that were competing that night. And it allowed for a 
yes, a three car race. I understand that. But for them to go out there, run consistent laps, um, no real big issues besides the initial start. And then they went green the rest of the way. Um, Brittany was surprising as Danica led that thing. Danica has been running that track all year. Brittany had not competed in a 602 crate until that night. And to hold her own, didn't really let Danica get away, per se. Um, so hold that. And then I said, you know what? After this race is over, I want all three of them to go to victory lane. This is a big moment. Um, and we need to capture that. And they deserve to be recognized for that. <laughs> the crowd went nuts um, when it was announced, you know, a top three all-women feature event here. When are we ever going to see that? We don't know. So to capture that, that was just something that we could not pass up the opportunity on when it presented itself. Yeah, that was a pretty cool moment. And, uh, you know, talking to all three of them afterwards, and uh, they were all pretty proud of what they did and what they accomplished that night. So um, that was a lot of fun. And uh, I don't think we'll ever see that again. Maybe we will. I don't know. Maybe, like Brittany says, maybe you can sell her girls a, uh, you know, a leg up and something to think about instead of uh, just quitting racing when they get out of like the micros and everything. So, you know, time will tell, I guess, but uh, to do that was uh, really cool. And, you know, to see Danica there all year and, you know, finally get away was pretty, pretty neat. Yeah. I mean, and I think of the women who have made it to a, a national stage. So you look at, of course, Danica Patrick made huge impacts on women in racing Look at the current group of girls that are running primarily midget events with Taylor Reimer, Jade Avedizian, um, Kaylee Bryson even still is doing that. You have Mariah Eads out there. You have a lot of women that are up and coming through who knows what their potential is or their peak. But what they're doing is they're keeping young females eyes on the sport in a different way. It's not necessarily a man's world. Jade is four points out of the point lead for the Extreme Outlaw Midgets at this point, deep into the season. There's so many things that this can do for the future of dirt racing in general, or even in this region, or even just at Big Diamond, because there's a lot of young women that are in them grandstands watching. So to see that firsthand... It can have huge impacts down the line to where, you know, the next Danica Getz or the next Brittany Egger could be in them grandstands and now might be trying to run quarter midgets next year. So there's definitely a lot of positive that could come of that. Um, and also, I, I have to give a shout out to Danica Getz and Kaylin Getz. They took it upon themselves to do so much at the track this year with giveaways or little projects for kids they did that huge uh raffle at the end of the year with all of them body panels shirts they had everything at one point let them know we still have stuff to give away um was was so huge you know for for some kids to get a body panel for race car if i would have gotten a body panel for race car when i was a kid I might not have taken 15, 20 years off of going to the races. 
So um, huge shout out to those girls for putting in the effort that we never asked for. And we definitely did not hold them back from what they were able to do. So I believe that's going to continue again next year. Just a huge uh, props to them for that. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, the Getz family is pretty cool. They support Big Diamond big time, you know, with Dwayne and Danica and, you know, uh, Robin gets into it. Kaylin and the stuff they did for the kids. And that's how you make new fans. You know, you get, a, you get a guy that brings his kid there for the first time and he wins a door panel or a T-shirt or something. And then, oh, I want to go back. That was cool. So that's that's how you do it. And, you know, I'm glad, that, you know, Jake supports them doing that. And uh, I look for more of it next year. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's all about translating to the people in the stands. Yes, they buy a ticket. Yes, you can sell them a hot dog or a beverage or whatever the case is. They can buy shirts for their favorite drivers or whatever the case is. But you have to be able to somehow tie them into it in a different way. You know, I look at Port Royal. They have a sponsor that brings little footballs every week and they chuck them into the grandstands. You know, I remember getting a tennis ball at Bridgeport a few years ago with a car number on it. If that driver wins, I win $50. Like that's the smallest things you can do. And, you know, uh, having a checkered flag signed by drivers and just giving it away is, is another one. Like there's so many different small little things that are next to nothing when it comes to, an expense or effort that can just explode in, in a good way. So um, definitely thank them for that. I do want to go into, the, you know, what were your biggest surprises this year? Let's start with modifieds. What were some of the things that really surprised you this year? Oh, boy. It's, uh, biggest surprise was Jeff Stroke not winning a race, I think. That, that has to be the biggest surprise for me all year. So let's, I had a feeling this was going to come up and let's talk about it. Let's, there's no reason to beat around the bush. I think everyone for the most part knows what the situation is. We're not going to dive into that, but you know, we look through the history of winners and champions and um, even at other tracks, we, we, we know what happens and we, we see who wins and, and, and this and that he has not had the greatest results as of late on Friday nights. It just, it just hasn't. Yes. Did he win the opener the other year? Yes. Um, he's knocked off a win here and there, but every time he had a good run, something happened which does happen in this sport and unfortunately it's like a black cloud that you have to somehow duck from um and it's just been problematic and again this is not just on a friday night this year it's unfortunately been just the way things have gone now we'll see next weekend you know he's known to show up in a different form uh in mid-September on a Saturday night, that's that's no doubt odds-on favorite next week. But what happens next year is the question. Do we see him back next year? I don't know. I really don't, I don't know. Either. And it's so we have to think of it like, well, what if 
we don't because now, although he did not go to victory lane this year, he's been a staple there for many, 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 many years, been a champion, been a coal cracker winner, big money race winner. It just would not feel the same. And along those lines, we never know when the other two are going to decide I'm good and just walk away. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's going to be a time in the next, you know, four, three, four, five years where you're not going to have any any of the big three racing anymore. So that just catches up to you. You know, just the way, the way it goes when you age. Yeah, I mean, eventually it just, look, it's like, you know, we'll talk professional football here. You get to a quarterback that's at a, an age like Tom Brady or even, you know, Montana was getting old at in his later stage where although you have done a lot, I think we're going to look to someone that's a little bit younger that has more longevity. And there's no secret when it comes to these guys who own race cars, that happens. That, that most definitely happens. Most recently, Norm Hansel was all about looking for – he wanted – Someone young. He wanted someone proven, though, which you, you don't necessarily get both things there. But um, it, it's coming to that time where I think our modified division is in great hands when that torch is passed. You look at our look at our most recent coal cracker winners, Alex Shankowski, Loudon, of course, Cressley, um, even Ryan Watt is not nearly at the end of of his career by any stretch of the imagination he was actually one of my surprises this year no offense to mr watt but winning georgia stevenson memorial having really good finishes in the t102 which has had some uh, ebbs and flows over the past couple of years to see that program turn around into a positive this year was was really nice too so uh, Mike Guler, another name that is definitely hitting strides in his career. I think Nick Ruschinski, that was another big surprise this year. Yeah, he was. That was one of my other ones, too. Yeah, with Ruschinski getting two wins this year. And, uh, you know, he was just strong all the time. And, you know, he's out. He's pretty much out on an island there with a Tio car. You know, I think uh, Lawback has one, too. So he brings sometimes. But, uh, yeah, Nick was very strong this year. And, uh, couple races he dnf which really hurt him in the points but uh to get two wins there in the last like five races is a pretty good accomplishment yeah i mean again i know we talk about this every year the handicapping falls where it may some guys might start in row three but that means that the rest of those rows are are full of guys that are salivating to jump all over you at a hot second um and to be able to not just have to worry about one or two guys every week that you have to beat or get by. And you got to worry about 10 other guys that could potentially um, get by you in a blink of an eye. It is very impressive to not only knock off one, but two wins. Like you said, in that stretch of time is definitely uh, a positive for them. And I think as long as they can roll this into next year, he might be a dark horse to uh, put himself top five or top three in points. Yeah, well, he's fifth. Actually, in 2022, he got a fifth in points. And 
So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised next year if he uh, moves up a couple spots in the points race. Uh, I mean, it's tough. It's always tough when you, know, you got Dwayne and Loudon and Presley and, you know, them guys there are just Craig. You know, Craig had an off year this year a little bit, but uh, he's still Craig. So, you know, he's going to be up there for the most part. But, uh, yeah, it's, it was good to see some young blood get up there. And like you said, you know, with drivers coming up, like, you know, Brandon Edgar and uh, I expect to see Logan Watt running 358s full-time, probably not next year, but the year after. Uh, I think we're in pretty good shape. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, and, and you, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll segue this into the into the Creek Division too. I got to tell you, if... Danny Bukafoska can manage to not get caught up in anyone else's mess next year. That whole division better be looking out for themselves because not only is he aggravated that rain kind of stopped his momentum there um, the week before championship night, and then to have the bad wreck that took him out of the coal cracker he is going to be on a mission next year and it's going to start night one at that opener on lap one. He's got to be the most determined person this far ahead of next season. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Danny's probably, he's probably mostly most fast, fastest driver out there week by week, but, uh, he, his emotions get him in trouble. Sometimes he's got to learn to rein them in a little bit, but, uh, if he does that, he's uh definitely has to be the odds on favorite next year to uh you know win the title and it would be good for him. He's been running big dime for two or three years now and uh he's got he's got the most crate wins of any driver. But uh like you say, he just gets caught up in things sometimes and sometimes it's probably from him being maybe a little too aggressive, but uh, other times it's not his fault. I mean things happen, you know. I mean you know, somebody blows a tire in front of you and you end up hitting the back of it or something, you know, anything can happen on a given night. But, uh, yeah, I think Danny would be the favorite next year. Uh, I think Kevin Olenek had a great year. Uh, for some of you don't talk about that all. I mean, everybody talks about Logan and Danny and Brandon and, you know, DeSantis and everybody talks about them, but Kevin Olenek quietly had a very good year this year. And, uh, he ended up on second points, I believe. So, and yeah, I hope he comes back next year and uh, he can be another contender. He reminds me kind of like Loudon, where on the quieter side, not exactly the loudest person in the pits, is not super talkative, minds his own business, takes care of what he has to do in a quieter fashion. I think that is another one that he hits them right moments. Um, He's going to knock off one of these bigger paying races for crates. He's going to knock off one of these 1500 to win races, um, you know, or, or, or like a fish memorial, $1,100 to win or or even shine on coal cracker night. He's very smooth. He's patient. He's, he's got a lot of good characteristics that are going to continue his career down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like I said, he'll be coming back next year. I think uh, he's he's a cool guy he's young and like you say he, everybody overlooks him and he just quietly quietly gets top twos top threes top fives and grabs a win here and there so uh he's definitely one uh, 
that could be in line for a championship run next year. For sure. For sure. Um, Roadrunner division, I don't, I honestly don't know what to expect next year. I know a lot of guys were worried about the division possibly going away in 2024. And I can assure you that is not happening. And that came right from the horse's mouth. They will be back next year. But I can tell you this. If CJ Ferguson does not knock off at least three wins next year, I will be shocked. Yeah. He, he, he was there. He was on the cusp. Seems like every other week. And he just, something happened to him. Or he spun out. Or he got spun out. Or, you know, the lap car got in his way. Or something like that. But, uh, yeah, he... He definitely should have won a few this year, and he just didn't quite do it. No, I, I think he's learned a lot in the past few years. Again, someone who's focused and determined. Some guys are there to have fun. Some guys are there to uh, you know joke around and, and, and whatnot. Roadrunners are not running for thousands of dollars, as guys know. But there are guys who take it as a legit sport, as... They set goals for themselves, and I absolutely will believe that C.J. Ferguson is that next guy that is going to be in contention to win on a regular basis or maybe even compete for a championship at some point. I think he's definitely that next guy. Yeah, definitely. <gasps> absolutely. So as we wind this thing down, I, I want to get into – um, I guess we'll say early predictions for next year as early as it is. And we're only in September, but we're talking about April of 2024. Um, let's just go with a couple of things that we can predict that aren't predictable. Let's say, um, my first thing I'm going to say is that, I believe we're going to see two new winners next year in the modified division. Guys who may have some wins, but haven't in a long time. I'm going to say Rick Laubach is going to be a multi-time winner next year. And I'm also going to say that Mike Lasowski will pick up a Friday night win as well. I like I like both your predictions. I think they're uh, good. The South Skies, I felt terrible for the cold cracker. He takes the number one pill and then gets a flat tire in his heat. It just killed him. But uh, it's a good family. And uh, yeah, I, I would love to see Mike get another win there. I know he's got one for a win. Uh, I predict that uh, Nick Wachinski will uh, kick off one of the crown jewel wins through the year. I like that too. I do. I think, um, hey, given the right circumstances, of course, we always talk about that pill draw. It's got to kind of fall your way. You can't necessarily draw, you know, the last pill. But um, I think it's definitely possible to get one of these races that go 50 laps or, or even 72 that I just I think we're going to start seeing a shift in the dominance. I know Craig had a very unfortunate year when it came to bad luck or things just happening, but I do feel like the shift is happening now. Mike Guler, um, I think he's next for a crown jewel win too. Had some really good runs, got stuck in some unfortunate situations where 
you know, lap cars pinned them or whatever the case is, or just didn't have the greatest of draws. But uh, Terry did ask for his booth back next year. So we will see the 2A back again on a full-time basis next year. So I, I think he's another one that, that has got to knock off one of these, you know, five-figure races. Yeah, Mike, Mike can easily do that. Uh, he's won some big races. He's just won plenty of features at Diamond. Just hasn't had one of them, like you say, big signature crown jewel wins. Uh, and, you know, a lot of that, like you say, depends on the draw. And you, you got to get into the redraw through your heat race. If you don't do that, you're behind the eight ball. But, uh, yeah, he definitely got the cars to do it. Uh, you know, they were tough all year. Sort of slacked a little bit towards the end of the year. But you, uh, you always knew he was there. Absolutely. Absolutely. He does not go away quietly. Uh, I can tell you that. And that's with or without a helmet on. I'll say that. Um, so one last thing I was talking about the draw. Um, let's talk about this, this double down uh, situation. So, you know, kind of came up with this concept based on Atlantic modifieds and how they do their draw system where they allow their guys to pay an extra $10 to draw. But I kind of switched up the rules of ours to where you have to make that decision before you draw your first pill. That way it's just an insurance policy. That's all it comes down to at that point. Right. Um, I could not believe that 20 guys out of 39 opted to do the double down, which was fantastic. All $2,000 went back into the purse. Um, there were some surprises that opted to do it. Mike Lasowski being, he's one of them. Uh, original pill, I believe, was in the 40s. Redrew the one. Um, there were some. Billy Jr., I believe, went back one spot in his second pill draw. Um, Scotty Albert won that I was very shocked, but he said it exactly the truth. He goes, you've seen how bad my pill draws are. I will absolutely take this opportunity as a little bit of an insurance policy, you know, or, or a second chance here. Um, what did you think of the whole concept and, and how it was, um, you know, have you heard any guys talking about it? How was it, how was it perceived? No, I thought, I thought it was a great idea on your part. And, uh, like you said, <laughs> I was surprised 20 guys, I figured maybe 10 to 15, but when you said 20, I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And then to put the money back into the purse, I know, I can't remember what it was I was talking to. I think I think it was Dwayne afterwards, and uh, when I was interviewing him afterwards, and he said, he said, yeah, that was really cool, you know, for you know Casey to put the extra money, do that, get the extra money in the purse, it helps everybody. And uh, I know uh, talking to Go Down's guys, and he was real happy, you know, so they got the extra thousand dollars for finishing second. And that's a big deal for them guys. And uh, I thought the concept was great. Um, it worked for some people, it didn't work for others, but uh, like you say, it's a gamble. It's funny how it happened, too, because, you know, as many draws as I've done at the time and I've seen a lot of scenarios play out, I've seen I've seen. Was it the prelude? Yeah, I think it was the prelude where numbers like one through ten, there was only two left. A lot of them. I mean, they went bang, bang, bang. At one point, Dylan, Dylan Stoyer drew a good number. Then Man Miller drew one better. Um, and then someone else came and drew right around the same thing. I'm like, what is happening? Like, this is strange. I've also seen Kolkaker draws where a lot of the high numbers go all at one time. Um, 
this year was no different. Um, the crate draw, I believe only one of the top 10 numbers was gone, but the modifieds. So we, we, we do this system with this double down where, okay, obviously if you draw like a 15, you're going to keep it. Or if you draw a 60, you're going to throw it back. But where does everyone start drawing in the 30 to 40 range? <laughs> yeah. It's like, where do I go? It was legit. Half of them guys drew in the 30s range. And I'm like, how seriously does this play out where 37 and a half is your middle and guys are drawn 34, 37, 39. And it just kept happening. It was so weird to where I was under the impression we were going to get a lot of these guys that were going to draw 65 and then draw 20 and it would make everyone happy. And Billy Jr., 57? Yeah, definitely going to take the redraw. 58. Like, it. this is not how I played this out in my head at all. No. but it, <laughs> I'm sure it's not how he played it out either. A lot of these guys, it took them a good two minutes to deliberate. I almost needed the Jeopardy music going on, uh, you know, for the final Jeopardy, because it was like, okay, we're just waiting on you. Um, but adds a little bit of drama Adds a little, I mean, Butch Getz told me they were talking about it all the way there. What's our game plan with this? What's our magic number? We're not going to redraw from. And honestly, I think theirs was 35 and they drew a 34. So it's kind of funny, but, um, it was just strange how this whole thing played out. But again, there are people that were really worried about it. There are people that didn't care. Um, I was surprised of the few guys who did not opt into. Um, we won't make them name public, but it was interesting. I, I kind of had an idea of our normal roster of who I was expecting to do it. And it was not the case. So, um, yeah, very very interesting. I heard a lot about that. The crate guys were, well, well, can't we do that? So I think next year we're going to try and do something for the crates as well. And, um, you know, go from there. So I, I added a little bit more. I, the draw redraw process can get stale. It, it, it much so can. I can't imagine a lot of guys that run uh Deo's deal and, and no knock on their process whatsoever, but, I can imagine Matt Shepard or Stu or some of them guys that have been doing this for years aren't a little tired of the same thing. So I think spicing it up a little bit and trying to trying to do something different for once is I think a lot of guys are excited to see something different. So Yeah, it just puts a little more intrigue into it. And like you say, it makes them think a little bit and yeah, hey, we'll do it, but if we get a 35, should we redraw, you know? So it, it definitely puts some, uh, makes them think about it and puts a little, stra- you know, puts, adds a little strategy to it. Yep, yep, for sure. So, um, and and I got to say, um, Jake, went, <laughs> Jake went back and watched the full redraw for the mods and crates at the flag stand with the boxes of candy and said it was hilarious, which... I don't know what was really hilarious about it, but it was um, different. Again, something different. Everyone pulls a poker chip. We've all done it a hundred times. And I know a lot of these guys will bring up kids, you know, their lucky picker or, um, you know, just a fan of the grandstands or whatever the case is. And 
to see, um, you know, kids come up and pick their favorite candy was kind of cool. And um, it's, again, something different. Doug Mandler had me laughing, though, when there were two boxes left and one was Sour Mike and Ike's and one was the original. And I said, well, are you original or are you sour? And he goes, I'm all original. <laughs> so it was uh, it was just pretty funny. But, you know, again, I think uh, just something different. People enjoyed it. So we're going to keep rolling with it next year. That's good. I, I would. Yep. So um, as we wrap this up in a non-Big Diamond coal cracker story situation here, I got to ask, what's your pick for uh, Saturday night? I'm going to go with a little sentimental and pick Jeff Strunk to win it and end the year and possibly, you know, this season. Who knows what's going on, you know, with the wind. Do you know, as odd as this is, and don't ask me anymore, but if that happens, and as we are in the understanding, you know, it would be the third time that that's happened. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> is yes. that not something? And the first yep. two times were the two largest. The two, two largest. largest ever purses ever and that happened twice before so i i i know it's 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 not funny but it's no it's not funny it's i mean look we've seen a lot of sports scenarios play out where like you can't write this well some things you can put some foreshadowing on and a little bit of thought and you might get there but um man i this is crazy because so, you, of course, you look at your guys, right? You look at, in my opinion, you look at three guys. You look at Brett's been really fast. He's now your track champion. Won two this year. Congratulations. Um, hasn't picked up the 76 lapper yet. He did the 72 last year. Is this the year? And remember, he was all over Craig last year. I mean, through the kitchen oh, yeah. sink at him. Um, it was it was like watching someone chase a leader of Mario Kart, just couldn't land the shell right. Um, is this his year? Possibly. Um, then you look at, we said Strunk, of course. And then Craig, who has been good, has won, hasn't been his best year, but he's another one. Longer distance, Saturday night, it's a different feel. We're talking him and Strunk is like Peyton against Tom every year in the AFC Championship game. We're talking the same scenario here. Um, so I don't know, but I will say this. There's three guys that I think everyone can't overlook, and I'm going to say that. One is Mike Gula, right? Yeah, they're probably three of my favorite people in modified racing, to be honest. So Mike Mike Gould had the most win there this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Plus he won the money maker of the year. Yes. So and, he, and he's won the sixer before. Yes, and he's won a couple of them getting past the other guys. Um, yeah. So it wasn't like he started ahead of them. Another one who's been very fast and really been good since he started running the Gary Buck Motors. Doug Miller started two wins early. Um, pretty quick and 
he's another one that I think loves the longer distance stuff, loves the game of conserving, knowing when to push it, track conditions changing. I think he's one of them guys. And the other, ever since he put the Troyer away, has been fast on a Saturday. And that's where I want. Absolutely. So I think there's a lot of potential there. Don't mark my words on this. If Doug wins Saturday night, that might be a retirement speech. Um, it's <laughs> definitely going to be the biggest party ever still in the parking lot afterwards. Oh, you can hands down believe that. Um, there there will be a lot of captain flowing um, at yeah. the Mandalore camp. But those three guys, you cannot write off. Now, of course, there's always going to be surprises that no one sees coming. Um, you never know when someone's just going to draw really, really well and run away. There is no more fuel stop. So there is no more bringing the field back together at lap 38. So a lot of things can happen, but I, I mean, God, it's hard to pick one. If I had to lay money on it, I, I can't that against Mike. He's been, and he didn't run every week either. Remember that he hasn't ran a full season there. So imagine if he did and didn't have to fight the handicap situation at times. I, I, that out of those three guys, I think Mike has the best chance at it, but out of the other three, God, it's hard to go against Jeff. He's just that September weekend. It's he puts on he the for, he lives for that. He puts on the cape, you know what I mean, and turns into Superman. So I, I don't know. Well, we'll see then what happens. You, got, you know, you got a couple of big invaders coming. You know, uh, Junior Billy Junior. Oh yeah, he's he's been strong in the races. Hasn't won one yet, but he's been very strong. And uh, Ryan Godown, he won it two years ago. Yep. So he's good in he's good in long distance races. So it's you know. It, and Depends Godown. on the draw, like you said. You know, like you said, because you got first to 24. So, you know, you then, don't know. And them heat races are not easy by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, no. And no. don't forget, well, so throw this in there, too. They also do guaranteed starters. So Brett Cress is champion, guaranteed starter. Uh, Craig Von Dorn won the Forrest Rogers, correct? Yeah, and then Ruler and won, won the, the uh, Moneymaker. moneymaker. So there's and then your, last year, last year's winner was Craig. So there should be three. So you have that, three so. guaranteed starters. So them guys go automatically into the dash, um, automatically into the redraw. So there's that factor. So you're going to see a lot of cars redraw, and anything is possible. Anything. Yeah, usually they'll, they'll qualify 24, and then the three guaranteed stars. So yeah, 27. You can start anywhere from first to 27. Yep. So. Yep. And believe me not, it honestly, for some of them guys, it doesn't matter if you draw 27th. It does not. So um, them guys fly up through there on a 30 lapper, let alone double that plus 12 or plus 16, almost triple that. So it's uh going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I will be there Friday and Saturday, so I'll see you down Me there. Too. But uh, yes, one, once again, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, we look forward to another big and beautiful year at Big Diamond in 2024. 
I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I had a great time up in the tower with you guys and girls, and uh, can't wait to do it next year. Absolutely. All right, man. I'll see you on Friday. All right. See you, Casey.